My guest today is a dad who's not even divorced. I talked to him anyway. Welcome. I'm Tracy, the host of the Essential Stepmom podcast, your source for information and inspiration about the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. There's a lot of material here for the dads too, because, well, because nobody talks to them about this stuff much, and it's about time that changed. There's nothing about making a step family work that comes naturally. It happens as a result of effort and actual skills that you learn and practice, you know, like tennis or chess. My approach to all of this is a bit, well, unconventional. I like to live outside the box. And if that describes you too, I think we're gonna be friends. Let me hear from you. My super private mailbox is info at essentialstepmom.com and I'm always up for a chat. I found Rich Bolas while I was looking for good podcasts for dads. And if you didn't know it, there are quite a lot of those out there right now. Just dads connecting with other dads and talking about how to be a good dad. Because apparently that doesn't come any more naturally to them than being a good stepmom comes to the women who hook up with them. Anyway, there was Rich with his dad cast called The Dad Mindset. I loved the episodes I listened to because he has such interesting guests and he gets talking at a deep level. You can tell how committed he is to just getting one more little thing right. So I reached out and asked if he wanted me to talk to his audience about divorced dads and the stepmom perspective and he was right into that. You can hear me on the dad mindset. It's available on iTunes and all the other podcast platforms too. Rich is just one of those people who's an awesome conversationalist, so I couldn't wait to invite him here and share another conversation we had about modern parenting. Through the miracle of Zoom, I spoke to Rich in Australia from my home in Canada. It's summer holidays over there, so he's juggling pandemic work from home with kids on vacation. On top of that, the 15-hour time difference between here and there means that my evening was his mid-morning. I asked him if I wasn't interrupting his day. No, this this is actually this is downtime for me because I really okay, enjoy chatting with you. Good. This is actually this is escapism for me. It's okay. like I've even locked the door, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've paid my eldest daughter six dollars fifty to babysit the others. Very nice. So that's yeah. a good move. <laughs> that's a good it move. Just, I, I I've never tried it before, so we'll see. You got to do. There could be a burnt do. a burnt out car and some burning tires in the garden by the time yeah. we finish. But as long as the kids enjoy themselves, I mean, exactly. what could go wrong? Exactly, what can go wrong? That's true. <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for doing this for me. I appreciate you being here. Oh no, anytime. Uh, I really yourself. enjoyed our chat last time. I yeah, me um, too. I was listening yeah, so... to the podcast you did with Laurie this morning, actually. And oh, really? It was really good. Yeah, it was one of the very first ones. It was. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. It, that was like number two, and I have seventy-one up now. So. Uh, and you said you'd had someone sort of um, say, "Don't give this advice," and that 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 had me hooked. I was like, "Okay, you've got to listen on." Yeah, there are lots of people out there who are hurting, and mm. they want they want to know that the choice that they made is the right one. And so they're yeah. kind of out there telling everybody else 
like listen to me what they did do it my yeah because i did it this way yeah i did it this way and um it really sucks and you know basically the message was you know sometimes you have to cut people out of your heart yeah um and uh, you know sometimes you have to protect yourself by cutting off harmful people and well there's you, you can't argue with that but at the same time it's uh you can't shoot not, someone else down for saying something counter a, to that. Yeah, it's not yeah. a strategy that necessarily yields results. I mean, I, I don't think that it's making you happy to have cut someone out of your heart. There could be a number of other strategies that allow you to maintain yeah. uh, a positive a positive and hopeful energy without being... Um, like without keeping yourself in the line of fire to keep getting hurt, you know, yes. there's, a, yeah. there's a way to do that. And, and well, the point that you made that I really liked was the tactical withdrawal, you yeah. know, just like, you know, pulling out for a period of time, like you said, your husband had done yeah, and just like recalibrate, reassess, you know, heal or whatever it takes exactly. to sort of get your mind back in the game and then look at it from a different angle. And exactly. I think that's gold. Oh, thank you. Because, <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, it's, I, it's how you you can apply it to any part of your life, can't you? Like, if I something's so not too. working, don't don't just keep going necessarily. Actually, it's good to have a rest and recoup, and then regroup yourself, and then have another For step sure. at it. For sure, and I mean, it's true that you can. It, it's good to acknowledge the kind of battle fatigue, like where you just need to pull back and have a rest it's a long yeah. long long process and um, and you don't get to know at the outset whether this is a six-month project or a three-year project or a 10-year project you you can't know but um i i've just heard so many stories from people who who had resolved this um in their late teens or as adults or whatever and the the vast majority of them were um, not only back in touch, but in a much better connection with that yeah. parent who had been deleted than with the one who had done that to them. Because, you know, when you, uh, as a kid, when you get old enough to have some perspective and understand what's happening, then, you know. Um, you take control and you take control. probably reconnect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I found your podcast, the Dad Mindset Podcast, like randomly um, looking for podcasts. And, and I just loved it. You have such a, I don't know, um, you have a, a, a really nice presence online. And I love how your interview style. And I was curious to read that you, is it true that you'd been a dad for like 10 years before you yeah, started right. this? Yeah. I think it was just on, well, just, just short of 10 years. And um, I was at my daughter's, uh, yeah, my daughter's ninth birthday. And I looked across and thought, hang on a minute. Um, I just assumed that you'd get good incrementally at being a parent mm. in step with your kids. And then I thought to myself, hang on, that's gone with, within a blink of an eye that Annie's now nine. And another blink of an eye that's going to be 18 yeah. whoa I just don't have the tools or any capacity to deal with an 18 year old child and I just didn't think I was lifting 
building my skill set as a parent in step with the, the 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 speed at which my kids were growing and so I just thought I've got to reach out to some friends here and your friends that were I could see were doing a great job being parents and really asked their advice and so I did I started reaching out to guys who I saw and thought of as as sort of model dads and you know I would ask them particular things about how do you actually do that and how do you not lose your you know blow your stack when they do this and and all this sort of stuff and and then I realized these are conversations that you know I might as well share because there would be certain parts that one of the dads that would have it all together in one aspect would be struggling in another aspect and and someone else that I talked to would have wired that tight and so I figured let's share these conversations in a podcast format and I, I love audio as well so it's just That's a, so a really in, yeah it's, it's, it has it's been really great fun it's a great idea all around I mean I completely applaud you for kind of recognizing where there were gaps in your parenting toolbox let's say for lack of a better word and going out to find the answers like that's amazing I think a lot of guys um, would feel intimidated or kind of uh, I don't know maybe a little embarrassed to say like here's where here's what I'm not good at or how do I do this better so that, that's fantastic and don't get me wrong Tracy there's plenty of that and <laughs> I, I actually think there was so much of it tied up in my own ego you know like at the playground I'd say something and the kids would do the completely the opposite and I'd get embarrassed it's like oh you know I should be able to control my kids surely and there'd be all this stuff but it was all me it was all me centric and I thought and it was actually only when I started to let go of how I felt I was perceived as a parent that it started to get a bit easier and uh -huh. so like it, I'm not going to say it's easy, easy. I'm just yeah. saying it, easier than what it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think trying to drop the ego as much as possible. Like Ryan Holiday will say, like the ego is the enemy. I absolutely agree with that from a yeah. parenting point of view. Yeah, oh, completely. And I think in my in my listening audience, we're talking about dads who now have. I mean, when you talk about people watching what you're doing you have a probably very critical ex-spouse who is just going to be even more likely to want to criticize what you're doing. And yeah, actively, actively, actively looking for you to drop. Exactly. And, and like, that's a nightmare when you're, um, I mean, it's hard enough when you have two parents on the same page, but it's really a nightmare when any kind of like, if you discipline like 1% too strict, then they're coming down on you about, um, you know, uh, your, your rules that are stupid, or they're letting the kids know that, you know, the rules yeah. at dad's house are, are stupid ones, and you don't need to follow them, or you're not doing enough. Um, and then you're getting walked all over. Yeah. Yeah, and because those points are like, I, I love listening to the episodes of your podcast, Tracy, and, and, like that was one of the things that really struck me quite hard, you know, wow, this thing's hard enough. Like you say in a, um, a, you know, an existing relationship where both parents are trying their best to try and make things work. What's it like if someone's actually actively undermining you, yeah. especially like you said, that term, was it gaslighting that you introduced yeah. me to as well? Yeah. Like I, I, it, it just blindsided me to think how hard that would be if someone yeah. was actively sort of, 
undermining every step you made and you know yeah. like you the i really like the advice you gave where it was like get the kids to work with you on the boundaries especially around electronic devices and stuff yeah. because if they've taken part in setting those boundaries then the other parent can't actually criticize your parenting style it's like well actually we came to that agreement together yeah, yeah. it wasn't dad just being you know uh authoritarian and saying you can only spend one hour on netflix or something and that's what's so important you know like there are so many families where where the kids are hearing um you know dad's rules are bad or they don't need to be followed especially as teenagers uh because it's like that's the moment and sometimes sometimes families get blindsided by this that it went along okay for eight or ten years and now as teenagers or as young adults all of a sudden there's this heavy alienation happening because it's the natural moment of the child's life to want to kind of move away from their parents or to let go of the parents' rules. And so if mom is there saying, well, that's outrageous, you know, you're 18, you should be able to do what you want. Like they're just like feeding into the natural urge of the child to feel their autonomy and independence. That's a nightmare. Uh. Yeah. And then as we well, well know, kids will find the smallest sliver of a crack to work. <laughs> like it's like the freeze thaw action to, yeah. to pry that crack apart. And, and it would be so hard, especially after say eight years. Yeah. Um, yeah when you're you not think expecting. that the families, that's right. Yeah. You, you think you've at least got to some semblance of ordinary life, but then, I mean, eight years being apart, it's yeah, it, it blows my mind. Hey. It layers, it augments the difficulty level so totally, much. Totally, totally. So, so what, what sort of things do you actually sort of suggest there? Is it almost like revisiting that sort of like the, the boundaries or even to like trying to work with your ex? Uh, I don't what think there's work? any working with the ex. Like someone who who is interested in fomenting that kind of um, yeah. defense in your family is not really likely to work together with you that's not the point like the point isn't that they really think your your reasonable rules are outrageous and that's um i mean i think it's important for the kids to participate also to make sure that in fact the rules aren't outrageous like you're not just having a conversation you're comparing like what you're proposing to how their friends may have these rules how other people you know have these rules you're maybe researching online about you know coming up with some some kind of uh well proof isn't the right word but support strategy (laughs) you know that that like you have support for your position and the child has support for their position that's not just this is what i want to do or my friends Mm. are allowed to do this like you have you you find between you some way to find consensus which always involves a kind of a trial period where you're going to try it out for a little while and see how it goes. And then you're going to revisit it and say, you know, what's working about this, what's not working so that, so that also the child feels that um, they don't feel locked into something. They don't feel pressured. um, You know, like you're not going to arm wrestle them into this kind of situation. You're going to say, let's agree on something today that we could try for yeah. you know, two weeks I, and then in yeah. two weeks we're going to talk about it again and see you know you'll tell me what you think and I'll tell you what I think 
that's respectful. I really like that, Tracy. I really like that because I I'm just thinking of recent events where, you know, during the holidays we've tried to sort of put some, I guess, boundaries, especially around screen time um, forward with the kids. But I think that would have worked really well. And I can definitely remember times when the times it does work is when the kids are involved in deciding and we have a, a talk through the problem. Yeah. Now, I know my, my, now my eldest daughter would say, oh, yeah, 12 hours on Minecraft every day is fine. And then we sort of step back from that and, and work it through. But I like the idea of the trial period. Let's just yeah. try this for a week, two weeks, yeah. and then we'll revisit it. I, I think that's a good way to approach, let's say, a child who is um, predisposed to not agree with you. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's every child. But um, <laughs> yeah. you know, one who, let's say, is dealing with some heavy conditioning from the other household. Yeah. Um, because you have to... Um, you have to find ways that allow them to um, to participate with you without being in a really a confrontational attitude. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you know, the point you made in our chat, Tracy, was you know we forget how little decision making our kids actually have or uh, agency they generally have over their own lives, and yeah. if you like double that because they're in two different family households yeah. where there's maybe even differing standards one it would be super confusing but then just I think giving them the ability to feel that like they do have a bit of agency later on and yeah we can revisit this and we'll talk it through almost yeah. do a review process yeah. I think that they would leap at that you know and, yeah. and you're treating them like a you know a, a human being yeah, you know exactly. everyone wants control and autonomy of course they do and it's your job as, the, as a parent, as an adult, to help them um, walk the line between omnipotence and autonomy. Like, mm. you know, it's not, it's not a nice thing for a child to actually be omnipotent and make all the decisions for themselves because they don't really want to be raising themselves. They want to push against the boundaries for sure, but yeah. they want to know on some level that that you are helping them to make choices that are pointing them in the right direction. So yeah. another thing that I suggest to people is to make a list with the kid of all the things they love to do, all the things they might want to do in a week, or what do you want to do before the holidays are finished? All the things, you know, you want to ride your bike, you want to go to the park, you want to visit your friends, you want to, you know, some TV show that you love, um, is there a book series that you want to read before the, you know, the holiday is done? Um, how long does it take to eat breakfast? Or what do you do in the morning? You know, how long does it take to do bath time? And you, then you can say of each of those things, you know, do you want to do that every day? Do you want to do that three times a week? How often are you going to, how often do you think you want to go to the park? How long do you like yeah. to stay at the park? Do you like to stay a short time or a long time? And when you, when you get them thinking about, those things and you put them all into a daily calendar, they'll see for themselves that they have one hour a day, maybe to spare for Minecraft. If yeah. you can, if you can force them to acknowledge how much time they want to spend doing the other things, yeah, then they'll, yeah. then they can say, Oh, is that all the time there is for that? You know, <laughs> am I going to have to give up eating in order yeah. to play more? <laughs> yeah. So 
that that's another kind of way around the corner to not just say, you know, okay, it's time to get off the, get off the device now and do something else. They've already gone through the exercise of saying all the things that they love to do. And you can say, what else is on your, on your list for this week that you want yeah. to, you'll, you'll feel sad if you don't get to it at all. Um, yeah, I, I like it because it's 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 actually clumping together all the positives. It's not yeah. just saying you can only have this. It's it's getting them to recognize the the larger picture. Yeah, exactly. So I I mean I know that I mean we're also talking about something that's just massively addictive. It, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. the the screen time and video games and it's it's really like stimulating. Um, brain chemistry that makes it yeah, really, really it, hard to to give up you know totally. so yeah. it's not just a social thing or that they want to do it because the other kids are doing or they want to play online or they you know it's it is very very addictive so it that adds another layer of course to it but um anyway you've had a whole bunch of really interesting people on your podcast yeah, yeah, totally. Yourself included. Oh, thank you. Um, it's um, it's been it was interesting because it's what started out as being just talking to close friends that I could see were doing some great things around uh, you know regarding fatherhood. Um, started to uh, you know, reach out to a few people that I'd seen had done something really interesting online. Um, Mac Primo was a great example. He mm -hmm. was this guy that I'd, I'd watched one of his videos probably 30 times. I just love the way he created this beautiful video art. And, nice. um, and I reached out to him and he's like, yeah, fatherhood is like one of my most important things. I, I love talking about it. And so we had this amazing chat about fatherhood and he put me onto his photography friend. And so these were people all over the world, like New York, Los Angeles. And, um, and then, yeah, just... Whenever someone someone would send me a link and say, hey, I've read this really good book by this guy, Dr. Adam Fraser, you should reach out to him. And I'd reach out and he said, yeah, sure. And we had a great chat as well. And, and it's just been this sort of building, uh, it's just been building momentum. So it's okay. generally people that I, I see seem to have a mindset around growth, around improving themselves or optimizing. That kind of ticks the main box. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, you, you hear them talk a bit about family life. And you're like, yes, that's, that's, I want to dig into that, find out what they're thinking around this, how they're approaching parenthood, because they seem to have so many other elements of their life sort of um, looked after as well. Yeah. And the, re the recent one was um, Bo Miles, who's a, a Patagonia ambassador in Australia. Mm -hmm. And he's such a, I, I think he's probably one of the most authentic people i've ever met and he's just he's he's out there he does some amazing videos um where the recent one was called junk cabin where he built this studio for his wife because they're in lockdown in the paddock um out of uh, junk timber that he had lying around oh. and it was all a surprise for her birthday and so he does all these things like running marathons in 24 hours okay. and and he runs a, a mile an hour for 24 hours but then he does all these other things in between like yeah, it's yeah. So some some crazy, crazy adventures, but um, but it's been really really fascinating. That's so great! Like, what a fun thing. I know I'm I'm having a lot of fun too. You know, I just I reach out to people exactly like you who I, 
I bump into online in one way or another and and they all have something to add. I mean, I think everybody has something to add to this situation. So I'm just kind of using the lens of the blended family, the step family to to highlight all these kind of things about life that I that I just love. Um, yeah. And I think anything to do with um, becoming a more conscious parent and more intentional parent, I think that just that up levels everything about your life. And in in this situation, definitely it's going to have a major a positive impact on your marriage, on your relationship, your current relationship, because yeah. the the number one problem that you know that people are having who are in my audience anyway that certainly the 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 women who are married to these guys are having complaints about in some respect interacting with the kids it's either having you know having boundaries with the ex that they don't understand why their husband their partner can't make better boundaries and of course there are very complex reasons for that but it seems to help them when I kind of give them a perspective on that and they have they have conflicts around how they're supposed to interact with the kids it's not at all clear like like, (laughs) you know it's just not clear what you're supposed to do and you have to fight your instinct to just jump in there and you know to just jump in there and do the motherly thing because so often it's not what's wanted and all of these women who are so incredibly capable and so functioning you know so well functioning that they they just they have it all happening and they're like keeping all the balls in the air only (laughs) that's like it's being done so efficiently that there's no room for the dad to to do as much of his work as what the kids need from him so it's it's really complex but i'm i'm loving this like (laughs) i i enjoy it you're doing a great job yeah, it's so. I, I think it's so important. If nothing else, I mean, even people just knowing that there's other people out there going through similar struggles to Absolutely. share that with. Absolutely, you know, I think that's the number one thing that people take away from it for sure. Um, yeah, and I think it's also it's interesting. I've been watching it now over the last you know four years or so that I've been doing this. I've been watching how, um, uh you know, the awareness of, um, what shall I say, the, the help industry around, you know, the, the coaching, therapy, counseling, whatever it might be, like specifically for these kind of problems. That yes. I think yeah. that people previously thought, this is just me and my life, like, uh, there's something broken in my life, and it's not reflected in anybody else's story out there so first they come and see that in fact it's a thing like what you're describing is it's not just your problem it's a thing and lots of other people have (laughs) that are having that thing too and also there's there's now a small army of people who are set up to help you with that thing yeah it's almost like uh, a watershed moment, isn't it? Where it the, is. the it dam's really broken is. And, and people go, oh, wow, there, there are way more people in my situation than I ever knew. Exactly. And that people are willing to um, reach out for help in a range of different ways. And obviously one of them is listening to podcasts and joining 
social media groups for that kind of community. Um, and also just, you know, the world is now full of courses and coaches and people who just help this, this specific community, this blended family community. So that's, I think that's quite amazing. When I first started, um, I mean, before I set up my own group and started the podcast, I did, I did a lot of research. I mean, I just found everything I could in the online space for this. And there were a dozen, there were two dozen maybe uh, people I found working like this. And now there's hundreds, hundreds (laughs) and hundreds. I mean, no way to keep track of them. I, when I started out, I, I joined maybe 25 groups and now like, you could you could never do it there are hundreds of groups but i think that's amazing because like you said in our previous conversation there's like well over 15 million um you know sort of i don't want to use the word blended families because yeah, i know I, we talked about that know, as well yeah. but um like 15 million is a big number and yeah. and the thing i find certainly in the, the dad space as well is that you're right there are only like a few like a handful of players yeah. a couple of years ago but like to opt in you had to opt in to that and, and there sometimes wasn't necessarily a good fit because, yeah. you know, there's so many different flavors of yeah. parenting. And, and now I think the opportunity is that you can find your, your niche. You yeah. Go, yeah, I, that's how I want to parent. I'll, I'll, I'll slot into that. Yeah. And so I think it's really good that there are so many groups because there's no way that you could pick between like five different ways to parent. You, you, you need way more nuance than that yeah. to find the tribe that suits you. Yeah, that's a great way of that's a great way of looking at it. I'm really glad too that there are so many different flavors because ultimately, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. You want to be talking to people who think the same way that you do, you know. Um, yeah. And my my approach is, um, to be honest, it's a kind of an unconventional one. I'm not. I'm not I saying the same thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why we get on, Tracy. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I'm such an outside-the-box person, you know. I mean, I've been a homeopath for 20 years, so that tells you something too, you know. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I, like for me, there's no value in just saying the same thing that you could hear anywhere else just with my my voice or whatever. I I really want to, I want to be offering something that people aren't hearing everywhere else and so that's that's a lot of fun for me because I get to just be who I am and say what I think and of course I'm saying I'm saying what I think because it it worked out well in my family but that's not enough you know I I don't want to just be telling people what worked out in my family because we could be a one-off you know I'm not that unconventional I want to know that it's um, that I can find to many people yeah, but I, I think it's it's not far from what you're doing, you know, like finding the what works in it. Like, what is it that worked? Like, okay, you did yeah. this and it worked, but like, what was it about that that, that worked? And how does yeah. it look in someone else's house when it works? Um, so... Uh, it's, I think what, what I started out with was very much a, a searching for tactics. Mm. And what I've ended up with is very much an introspective journey. Yeah. Because like like you said previously, like 
meditation and mindfulness that's that's gold you know if you can really try and build on that it just puts you in such a better place to deal with the external you know um uh, waves of you know challenges and um and i think initially i would ask someone how do you get the kids to do this or how do you get the kids to do that it's very much that how do you almost like control the situation better and and really what really has come through is you know if you sort yourself out first the rest tends to sort itself out it's almost so it's almost like taking that so okay so what's the 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 essence of how i want a parent not the how am i going to do it in this situation i love that I love that. That's, that's exactly what it's all about. And I guide people through, I guide parents through a a process, you know, I, as I thought about like, how do you, you know, how do you do this actually? Like, how do you get someone from here to there? And, and, and I started to understand that the tactics that work in this person's house aren't going to work in that person's house. But why not? Yeah. Because they're those are they're really good. They're all really good tactics. And and how like on what basis do you choose the the approach without just saying that it's trial and error on on everything, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, I finally totally. came to a like conceptually to a model where it's like a like a bullseye or a or a, a compass drawing or something, you know, but in the middle in the very center is your values. Like what is important to you as a, as a person. And you can have, um, you can have a few different values that apply to like your own life as a human being, to your parenting, to your marriage, um, to your social relationships. Like they're probably, they're not going to be massively different, but if you had to pick only two of all of your, all the values that are important to you, you might have different ones for those different things. And from values, then you can expand out and make some goals of like, yes. what are you trying to yeah. achieve? What, what do you want to, yeah. what is it that you want to do here? And once you know what your goals are, then you can have a strategy that suits the achievement of that goal. And the strategy is made up of the tactics. Yes. Yeah. That, that Whereas, are, do, the other I was just way, say, do you think uh, yeah the other way would be like if you're fighting a fire you want to fire extinguisher as quickly as possible and that's yeah. like that's a tactic and exactly. do you think a lot of the people you work with tend to be in that sort of emergency situation because it's just reached fever pitch and they're yeah. looking for a tactic to just put that fire out now i just exactly. need that fire put out exactly and, and it's you when that happens to give yourself time to step back and look at the broader picture it's exactly. a, bigger, a bigger job isn't it well you can't you don't get time to look at the broader picture when you're in the heat of the moment, like you're emotionally drawn into what's happening or there's a, some kind of like parenting emergency going on. Mm. You like your planning time is gone. Like you have to plan (laughs) for it, you know, and, and you have to practice it in advance. You have to be ready with, with some tactics because what happens as in, as in many things in life, you go to your default parenting. Yes. And yep. that comes from how you were parented. That's exactly you know? right. Yeah. And it might suit you to do that, but probably it doesn't, you know, um, most of us have some 
degree of alarm when we hear ourselves parenting <laughs> the exact way that our parents did it. Yeah. And, and then some people also have a default, which is the exact opposite of what our parents mm. did, because we've decided yeah. that we're not going to do it that way. But you're just as stuck if you're only determined to do the opposite and you still have no, there's nothing in the middle that yes. you have access yeah, yeah. to, you know? It's not deliberate. So like you're, you're learning some tools, some parenting tools that fit a strategy that you want to use that is going to help you achieve your goals that is aligned with your values. Yeah. And when you and, said that, Tracy, the, the thing that sprung to mind as well is, what you've previously said is it's a skill set as well. And yeah. you don't just try something once and ace it. That's you, it. And, but I think as parents, we find it so hard, or adults in general, we find it so hard to actually pick something up and try it and suck at it, but then try it again and again and again. And that's what we need to do. Yeah. But we've just got this aversion. I know I certainly have as my natural state an aversion to sucking at stuff. And so I tend to put it down if I don't ace yeah, it straight exactly. away. And working through that's really, it's kind of tough. You know what was a big epiphany for me, seriously, that um, like I had to realize because I am, I am a matriarch from a long line of matriarchs. I mean, I'm used to uh, running the household in a certain way like I'm not like I hope I'm not loud and obnoxious but I'm I'm one of those efficient women yeah. who like I can see the solution and I make it happen and and I realized at one point and really it was a, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say how much it surprised me to realize this but my husband deserves the right to get it wrong with his kids. yes yeah yeah and to figure it out and to try again without me breathing down his neck. And that, that really changed a lot of things for me because I was like all in the, you know, can't you see that? <laughs> Waiting on the road? wings, you know, just you? like, uh, he's just about to drop the ball. I'll swoop in and fix it. Cause yeah. I know exactly yeah. what he should do. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to point at him and say like, you're doing this wrong. Like, can't you see <laughs> that you're getting this wrong? And um, that would go over so well, I imagine. Totally. Oh, we had a period of time where I was like not allowed to open my mouth. And um, so I get and, massively triggered when people try and do that to me. And I'm really totally. I, I, and it's, oh, it's tough. But, you know, and you and know, they're my, just trying to be meaning, give meaningful feedback. But oh, it's just you but know, in it's this really context, it's not hard. so nice. I get it. And it was it was really, you know, it was a. A challenge uh, a critical moment for us that and when i say moment i'm talking about you know like a year <laughs> a moment um, in a long time and because um my inclination is to go softer than him he's he's a yeah. strict dad now i'm not strict i'm not talking about like nobody's ever been grounded at my house or had their phone taken away or something like that but he has high expectations and that's how he likes to do it. And I'd be the one saying, oh, come on now. Like he's, you know, you're, you're, he's been working all day. Haven't you seen that? You know? And he's like looking yeah. at me going, you stay out of this. <laughs> and I'm just dying to say, you're being unreasonable. But yeah. I, so finally, like, I just have to, I have to bite 
my tongue and go away yeah. and say, this is none of my business. And, um, uh, you know, they, they need to work that out between them. And, yeah. and, and is it working? Like, has, yeah. has your husband come around to it and sort of found his own way? He always had his own way. It's me that has to find my own way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than a little humbling to look back on how much I didn't get it before. It wasn't so easy to find my way, my role, if you want to say it another way. And like I said, I was used to just being efficient, keeping all the balls up in the air, keeping everyone happy, because that's what I think is important. Only it's not what my husband thinks is important. And thank goodness, that's why we're good for each other. I actually love that he reminds me that I don't have to keep everyone happy. But when I see what that looks like in real time, as a parent, it sure knocks me out of my comfort zone. This conversation with Rich Bolas is only about half over, so we'll save the rest for next week. Meanwhile, do check out the Dad Mindset podcast. You can find it wherever you listen, and I'll put the link in the show notes to make it easy. That's all for this episode. I want to thank all the dads who are man enough to listen to something called the Essential Stepmom Podcast. I think I'm going to have to rename this thing eventually, but that's another project. If you've got a suggestion, let me hear it. You can reach me at info at essentialstepmom.com. I work one-to-one with dads to neutralize the damage to their family from parental alienation. We do that with restorative parenting my program of cutting-edge parenting strategies specifically for dealing with kids who are being actively turned against you and by up-leveling your mental resilience so you can stay in the game as long as it takes. I actually have a free download called the Restorative Parenting Quick Start Guide. That's just what it says, a quick overview of my program, but it also has some actionable tips to get you started. You can grab that at bit dot lee slash dad again that's bit dot ly slash dad again i'll put that link in the notes as well connect with me at tracy at tracypoisoner.com to set up a conversation about whether coaching is what you're looking for as of today i still have room for one more client to begin in january and there's no reason it can't be you see you next week Here's the rest of my conversation with Rich Bolas, host of the Dad Mindset podcast. We talk about what I always have to bite my tongue about and why stepmoms have a harder time fitting into a new family than stepdads do. We even covered some pretty cool parenting hacks. Listen up. I don't often split a conversation into two episodes like this, but there was just nothing I wanted to cut out here except the part where his little boy knocked at the door and tried to negotiate a play date with a different friend than the one dad had already made plans with. Here's a nod to all of you working from home with little distance learners in your bubble. Anyway, you'll have to excuse the one spot where it sounded like we jumped into a different conversation because we did. Here we go. One thing I want to go back to here is the idea that it's so much easier to be a stepdad than a stepmom. They just have to stand back and wait and watch. They just 
have to be good listeners and support their partners to do the real parenting of their own kids. Hey, wait a minute. Why can't stepmoms just do that too? If that works so well, why is it so hard for women to copy that model? I'll tell you why. We do it to ourselves. It's like Rich said, there's a natural instinct that kicks in when we're around kids. We actually want to fit into that mom slot in the family motherboard. Think about that word, motherboard. Doesn't that just speak volumes? It's actually a strain for women to stay in the back and watch. But that's the money position. That's your winning spot. It's like a long marathon where the winning racer hangs back and sticks to their own strategy. You don't see the winning racer bolt out of the blocks and be in front the whole way for 26 miles. And the step family thing is like a marathon, right? It's definitely not a sprint. But we somehow want to shine as if we're sprinters the whole time. The stepdads aren't fighting an instinct that makes them pick up other people's toys and do their dishes or make them brush their teeth. How many stepdads are stressing because their stepkids don't brush their teeth? I'm not saying men don't have parenting instincts. Of course they do. But it probably makes you uncomfortable to think about a man instinctively disciplining his wife's kids with a loud voice or a stern look, right? Well, you have to translate that into mom language and see how it feels to be nagged or punished by your dad's wife instead of by him. I really loved one thing Rich said about letting his kids work problems out on their own versus his instinct to jump in and kind of fix the problem himself. He said, am I robbing them of these experiences? All you have to do is ask yourself that question and you're 90% there to stepping into the answer. Don't forget about self-compassion in all this too. Like he said, it was a kind of circuit breaker to just change up what he was doing, not beat himself up with thoughts about failing at homeschooling or whatever it might be in your case, and just doing whatever it takes to make the best of it. Are you sitting there right now wondering, how on earth could I ever stop beating myself up about my family life? Because nothing I do seems to work, and it's not getting any better. Do reach out for a chat. It's time for you to use a circuit breaker and say, hey, I could get a little help with this like other people do every day all around me. I could hire someone to throw a rope over that wall and show me the fastest way to climb up and over. Why not? If I'm not the right person to coach you, I'll help you find someone else, but it all starts with an email. Message me at my personal and private address, info at essentialstepmom.com. Don't want to use the girly address? Try... Tracy at tracypoisoner.com. Are you sitting there right now wondering how on earth could I ever stop beating myself up about my family life because nothing I do seems to work and it's not getting any better? Do reach out for a chat. It's time for you to use a circuit breaker and say to yourself, hey, I could get help with this, like other people do every day all around me. I could hire someone 
to throw a rope over that wall and show me the fastest way to climb up and over. That means I can help you figure out your parenting mysteries, why you're banging your head against the wall and not getting anywhere. I can help you plot out a long-range strategy instead of just throwing darts at your family problems or playing whack-a-mole. Remember that game where you hold a big hammer and try to knock the gophers down one by one as they pop up? It's like a bad dream. You can never seem to get ahead of them. I can hold you accountable to set some goals and make them happen because it's so easy to let the day-to-day get in the way of that happily ever after place you're dreaming about. I don't know you yet, so I don't know if I'm the best person to coach you, but there's only one way to find out. Let's have a chat. Go to bit.ly slash calltracy. You have to use all capitals in the call Tracy or you'll get to some other Tracy that's not me. I'll put the link in the notes for you, but you can just remember this. bit.ly slash calltracy, all caps, no E in Tracy. That'll take you straight to my calendar and we can have a chat. Doesn't matter if you're a stepmom or a bio dad, I'll be glad to talk to you. Serious content alert here. This episode is called The Addicted Child. It's a heavy topic, but there's some help here for you and for your child or your stepchild too. Listen in. Does anybody ever think they're going to have a kid with a serious drug or alcohol problem? They don't, until they do. It creeps up on you slowly, but then it feels like it happened overnight, in an instant. I hope you'll listen to this, even if you can't imagine your delightful stepchild falling into this hole, because it's good to know where to look for help if it ever happens. Richard Capriola has been giving this kind of help for decades. And now that he's retired from active counseling, he literally wrote the book for parents on helping a teenager coping with serious addictions. His book is called The Addicted Child, and you can get it through any online bookseller, and his website is helptheaddictedchild.com. I'll put those links in the show notes to make it easy for you. Here he is. I didn't really get to address the fact that the teens in my home and in your home might be suffering from anxiety that's really rooted in the dysfunction of their family. Our kids and stepkids are living in the middle of high conflict or even parental alienation, and it's all being normalized. So they don't even know how not okay it really is to have parents who either hate each other or fundamentally disagree on what's good for them. If you're a dad whose child says he or she doesn't want to visit you, and you're not an asshole, this is already a sign of the kind of inner turmoil that can drive a kid to need to escape from themselves. If you feel like you're watching a slow-motion train wreck, please reach out for a phone call, and let's talk about getting your connection with this child back on track. Let's map out a strategy together for retrieving your healthy, balanced family dynamic so your kids can allow themselves the space to like you again and accept more and more from you as time goes on. Go to bit.ly slash calltracy, all capitals, and grab any time for a free, private, no-obligation phone call. If you already have any kind of addiction drama playing out with your own adolescent, Richard has kindly offered to field your questions 
and come back on the show at a future date to answer them. I'm going to suggest that you contact me by email at info at essentialstepmom.com with anything you'd like him to weigh in on, and we'll have another session to address your specific concerns about teenagers and substance abuse. I'll put my email address in the show notes along with Richard's website, but once again, it's info at essentialstepmom.com. That's all for this episode. I know this music is pretty cheery considering what we just talked about, but I like to think of it as how hopeful you feel now that you know that there's an amazing book and a parent workbook and a website and an expert willing to just read your questions and answer them right on this podcast. Take advantage of that. Get your kids some help. Those of you who've listened all the way to the end, even though you don't have a kid with an addiction problem, thanks for that. And you don't have to wait until there's a three alarm crisis to get some help to make a better relationship with your kids. It's important. It's what helps immunize them against the pressure to overuse drugs, either with the wrong kind of friends or because the inner pressure just gets to be too much. I believe every kid deserves their undeletable dad and you get to give it to them. Request your free, private, no obligation call by visiting bit.ly slash calltracy. All caps, no E in Tracy. I'll put that in the show notes for you too. Once again, it's bit.ly slash calltracy. And I'll look forward to talking to you. I need to make sure you know that I'm not a therapist or a counselor. I'm a certified life coach specializing in helping dads learn to reconnect with their kids and be more effective parents in the aftermath of divorce. I just do one thing, but I do it really well. At least that's what my clients tell me. Richard Capriola, who is a legit addictions counselor, has kindly offered to return to this show at a future date to answer your personal questions. Like, here's what's going on. What the hell do I do? This is an amazing opportunity, and I'm going to suggest that you contact me by email at info at essentialstepmom.com with anything you'd like to weigh him to weigh in on. And we'll have another session where we'll address your specific concerns about your teen and substance abuse. I'll put my email in address in the show notes along with Richard's website, but once again, it's info at essentialstepmom.com. <music>